Hello and welcome to episode 674 of The Sleeper in the Bust. It is Thursday, April 18th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by Justin Mason. Jo- Justin, what's going on? Oh, man, I spent the entire night and some of this morning writing up tonight's DFS slate. Did it take long because you had to have a vomit bucket yeah, nearby? Yeah, it's, or... it's truly atrocious. Uh, I even tweeted out, like, worst slate of all time. <laughs> Uh, and I mentioned to you, like, I really wanted, and I also mentioned to uh, Howard Bender, my boss over at Fantasy Alarm, that I really wanted to just, like, in the intro, right, if you were playing today's slate, then uh, here this is... where you get help. Yeah, th- this is the number for gam- uh, Gamblers Anonymous, because th- this and is not And there's okay. another homer off Pineda, and it's six runs, just mm. like that. Man, I miss that guy that, uh, <sighs> that, that commented on my rank of Pineda a while back, like, you know, did, when... You put, when Pineda punched your dog in the face, did you use his right oh, or yeah. left hand? Just, yeah. That's from a few years ago. But yeah. Minus six and a half. And that's, this is the Pineda experience. A couple homers. Mm-hmm. Everyone has bad starts, but his just seem to be especially <laughs> awful. Like, they really do. And that's part of why I, I don't like him. I keep him at arm's length now. And I, I kind of wish this would have happened after I post my SP rankings, which will go up today. You'll, you'll probably be listening to this while you're looking at them. Because he's probably a little bit lower than some folks would have wanted prior to this outing. And then I'd be like, this is exactly – now, one start confirmation bias. But, like, this is exactly why I keep him down here at a range where you wouldn't normally see somebody with his raw skills, his strikeout and walk for Pineda. Um, you, would, you would think you could have some hope in them. But every time you have that hope, he punches you dead in the throat. And yeah. it's br- so uh, but we are going to talk some starting pitching. Um, I am putting up the aforementioned rankings. You already have you yours go out weekly, um, and so we're going to get into that and kind of talk about some of our big differences and whatnot. But a little bit of news to start, and we're going to start rather Braves focused at this point because they've got a lot of things going on, and so I definitely think it's worth getting into. Uh, Mike Soroka up for perhaps a spot start. We don't know 100%. I mean, I don't know. Has it been 100% said that it's just a spot start that you know of? Because he looked great. Five innings, one run, four hits, six strikeouts, and two walks, and 85 pitches. Got out of a big bases loaded jam. I mean, he looked sharp. He was awesome last year. I, I was loving the uh, Mike Soroka experience. And then the the I believe it was a shoulder injury that really kind of derailed him. I remember getting him in the, uh, in the main event off the wire thinking, here we go. I got a nice, you know mid-tier pitcher here to supplement some of the struggles dusty and i were having with our pitching i think we might have gotten two starts before the injury so um is this a a one-off or or could he break into the rotation here for mike soroka i think he can break into the rotation i think he probably will Uh, without going back down or with like a, a a small return down and then they figure it out next week or something I, he I might guess it would go. have to be 10 days. Pardon me. It would have to be like 10 days. It doesn't have to be 10 out. days as long as they DL well, someone. Yeah. So there's always a way around it. The team's fine. So Bolte's coming back, though. That's the thing. It's Tehran, Freed, Gosman, Soroka, Toussaint right now. But well, then Fulte, bye-bye Toussaint. That's kind of what I would say. So I, that, that that's going to be my guess is that Toussaint gets sent down. Uh, or or mo- or moved into the bullpen. Yeah, I was so, gonna. Because... I mean, he threw a brilliant outing himself, though. Mm-hmm. So let's, you know, I'm sure the Tucson backers are like, whoa, 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 what are you doing with our guy? Five days ago, 
six innings of not shutout ball, but zero earned runs, one unearned, four hits, two walks, seven strikeouts. So, you know, he, he's every bit as good as what uh, as what Soroka did. And yeah. Eloy Jimenez, two-run homer. There it is. Boom. Like like I said, the, the, <laughs> we're talking about this off, off, off air about you know, Tyson Ross. Uh, maybe it would have been a decent play today because he's pitching well. I was like, well, it can't get too bad. Now we'll see. Do they take him out here at five and two-thirds, three runs, which still wouldn't have been too bad if you used him. But Eloy with an oppo taco there, all of a sudden it's looking pretty plain Jane if you use Tyson Ross and got away with it. Better than Pinedo, though. Anyway, um, so Tucson versus Soroka, who would you, who would you bet on? Mm, I think I'm going to go with Soroka. Okay. Just because he has the longer major league track record, though, I mean, that's, you know, obviously super short. They they seemed to really like him last year before he got hurt uh, and were willing to throw him into the rotation right after coming off the DL. So, I'm, wow, I can't believe Soroka's younger than Tucson. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, I'm going to I'm going to go and I just think his profile is less explosive. Oh, yep. Yeah. Totally agree. Totally agree. And I love both. You know what I would do? I'm being just being real here. What I would do? I'd kick Freed to the curb. I don't buy what he's doing. I'd I keep both either, in. but like how can you until I, No, and I happens. understand a, a, a team, you know, you you're we can't just manage everything like fantasy or like it's on MLB The Show, although they've, they've even incorporated personality. You see that in like OOTP, Out of the Park Baseball and MLB The Show, where if you do something like this, they're like, hey, what the hell? I was a starter. Why would you take me out? You know, but um, <laughs> obviously in real life, it's, it's much different. And you can't have a guy who's been a prospect, been in your organization for a whole minute now. Put up 20 innings of you know a .92 ERA, whether it's sustainable or not, and then just kick him to the curb for guys that come up and have one good start. Well, and here, here's that, what the kind other of message thing that is... send about a meritocracy to Freed and the rest of the squad. He's the only lefty too. Yeah, and so you have that that little and, mix there. Yeah, um, short porch and SunTrust, they're gonna want to you know protect that a little. So. Uh... I think I think Freed's gonna stay. I think Toussaint is probably the odd man out because I think originally they were talking about him coming up and being in the bullpen anyways, and then he say just, that um, about Toussaint. Yeah. Okay. So I think he's probably goes to the bullpen, uh, or he uh, or he goes back down to the minors. Uh, but obviously, I think everybody is maybe on a short leash. So when yeah. you have guys who are thrown well. You know, we saw it with Kyle Wright and Bryce Wilson. Like, you don't Correct. perform, you're going down. That's a great point. Uh, and and the big wrinkle here, as I mentioned, in case guys didn't catch it when I kind of glossed over, Fulty's coming back. That's what throws this big wrinkle in here. Uh, and that's why there won't be five spots for everybody right now. Maybe sideways too, though. If you, you know, if something happens where you're still hurt or whatever. Um, maybe they go six-man for a little bit too. I don't know. With so many days off, I don't think you need to. I, that, yeah. And do you want to throw point. guys off of their uh, off of their schedule? Pattern. Yep, for sure. And, you know, and even someone I know he's not the best of the bunch, but someone like Tehran, who's like an established vet, he's not going anywhere. He can be like, well, come on, don't take me off of a uh, uh, you know my my pattern here. Um, you know, I've been I've got twelve hundred major league innings. Like, what are we doing here? I, I don't know that he would openly complain, but he might think about like, come on. Well, and. Uh, you know, Tiger's melting down, by the way. Seg- three seg- three. Segway oh. right here. Uh, they may need some more help in that. They uh, may. 
in that bullpen. So. There you go. Great segue because we were lingering a little bit on that too long. Arroz Vizcano, season-ending injury. We talked about how he was hurt. Now he's toast. And here's an interesting part. You know, you'd think, okay, well, go get – yes, go get A.J. Minter right now if he's available. But he's been terrible. So he might get the chances right now. I believe somebody said – I thought I heard somewhere that there was a chant when Minter was struggling of bring Craig yes. Kimbrell or we – Craig we Kimbrell. want Kimbrel. We want Kimbrel. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And so we'll pair this in with another bit of news that we got. He may be open to a three-year deal, which, by the way, uh, uncovers some info that we'd speculated on. He must have been hardlining on the six years then. Yeah, if this I think is he the was news, asking for five one hundred, five or sixty. Okay, yeah. So if he was asking, and that's why, because we kept wondering, like, why isn't he signed? What's going on? What's going on? If he was hardlining on five six years, that's exactly why. And now we're seeing that uh, he's open to a three-year deal. This seems like a, a, a remarriage made in heaven, does it not? And then you put Tucson in there and you double up. You go Tucson, Kimbrel. What a jolt to a bullpen. Yeah, I think you have to, right? It's yeah, they're contenders. They're le- I mean, they're legit they, contenders. They won the division last year. Like yeah, exactly. Like exactly. I don't know. I don't know how you go from winning the division to potentially finishing fourth. Because you're unwilling to bring in a former face of your franchise. Yes, this is not a chance on some, you know, like a Dallas Keuchel. You don't really know what's going. Like you know this guy, you love him, you're bringing him in. Like I think Keuchel's going to end up in in Milwaukee. I think that'd be a good fit. The things have not the, really the, worked out. There was a rumor today buck. that he's willing to accept a one year deal just to just to get on the mound. Just to land and get going. I don't blame him. I would too. Like let me let me just get something near the qualifying offer, please. And let's mm-hmm. let's go. Let's pitch. And they just gave and, a one million eighteen or a one year eighteen million dollar deal to Grandal. So yeah. why not give the same so, thing to him? And you know, it hasn't really worked out for Burns specifically. Uh, Woodruff has not been great, but at least his metrics are, are a little bit more favorable. He's not Peralta, allowing Peralta's on the DL and he was trash anyways. He was, he was so terrible and, and volatile. Five point six homers per nine for Corbin Burns. I mean, obviously that wouldn't last if he kept going, but he can't keep running him out there. Um, so you're looking at and Chassin, I don't know if the magic's run out because it's four starts, but there's there's a a chink in the armor, so to speak, because it's not working the way it has been in the last few years. He's walking a ton of guys and giving up homers. So it's a bad combo there. Their starting pitching has been awful. And I thought it was going to be a strength this year because I really like the young bucks that they had coming in. It is decidedly not. And like Atlanta, they cannot afford to just sit on their hands. It's go time. So go get, I mean, they should get either of them, whether it's Kimbrell or Keiko, but I think Keiko's a better fit for them right now and Kimbrell the better fit for Atlanta. So we'll keep an eye on that. Um, speaking of, of young bucks that had a lot of attention, like Corbin Burns, this guy even had more attention. Nick Pavetta was officially sent down. We talked about how bad he was. <laughs> and then Nick, uh, Nick Pollock and I did a fireside on him on a uh, previous episode. So I just want to get your thoughts. Since everyone knows you can go listen to the fireside, let to get an idea of where I am at on him. But how do you feel about Nick Pavetta being sent down? Are you cutting him? in all formats or where i guess where would you hold them would be the easier answer uh i think i'll hold them in nl only for sure and then in a 15 team mix where i don't have like a bunch of injuries or stashes or something like that so uh if you're in an nfbc league i'm cutting him because you can't afford to stash a guy that we have no idea when he'll be back um, yeah, this isn't a hurt. This isn't Gary yeah. Sanchez who's hurt and going to come back and be fine. This is guy who's been a total trash bag. 
who's never actually been great for for all the hype. And I was mm-hmm. part of it, so I'm not I'm not throwing stones here. I was too. But he was not. He's never been great. He's he's been a problem. And um, so I, yeah, I think you have to start to look to move on from Nick Pavetta here in a lot of league formats. Yeah, I I think you pretty much have to. Uh, that being said, he's one of those guys that'll probably uh, come back and be fire in the second half. Oh, you, you pick him up when he comes back. That's the yeah. thing. It's like cut him now and no, but you, some some a hole in your league is gonna go grab him. Like, well, if they don't have any red suitcases, you know, in an NFBC yeah. thing, they put a little red suitcase next to him if they're hurt. That's why there, I there's one. That. There's one person in every league that doesn't. Like oh, and, for sure, and so. and it is one of those things where it's like we say this a lot, and this is what it means. They should be uh, on a roster, but not necessarily your roster. Mm-hmm. And so Nick Pavetta probably should be on a roster somewhere where he can be stowed. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be yours if you can't afford mm-hmm. to stash him. For example, in NFBC, if he were cut in my main, I've got McMahon and Jimmy Nelson. I'm not bringing him on board right now. I've got two red suitcases, obviously. Well, and McMahon Nelson. may be back today and, and Nelson. And Nelson could be back soon, so that'd be great. So, uh, but... It is a situation but where here's the thing: if you've had Nick Pavetta on your roster, chances are you need some ratio help, and yes. you may need to go and get like a reliever to help, uh, kind of qualm down those ratios. So I agree. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's unfortunate. I I I will take my L on him, as well as a bunch of other guys. Which actually, someone pointed out something to me because I, I I said like, okay, I'll take I'll take my uh, my L on Brandon Lau. Uh, now, because dude has just been amazing. Uh, I wasn't gonna bring it up. I was gonna wait. But uh, no, no, I'll, I'll say it. I'll take my L there. But someone pointed out the fact with the juice balls. Are we gonna be taking L's just all the time? Because well, yeah, everybody's I mean, gonna be amazing. It's like 2017. So here's the thing. With regards, to, we'd have to go back to the Lau conversation to figure out exactly like where you had him or whatever. We did talk some specific numbers. But maybe the the conversation now turns to what rank are they? X mm-hmm. X number second baseman. So then if you said he's only the twentieth second baseman, and even if he hits, you know, I mean, Lau is a bad example because he really is just killing. Yeah, he's, he's probably like crushing. fourth. Yeah. But let's say he ends up having like a two sixty season with uh, twenty homers and four steals or something. And you know, a bunch of other guys beast out. (laughs) He's got two, but you know, you know, just for an example, Mm -hmm. um, and that ends up as you know the twenty-second guy. You're like, yes, he beat the numbers I thought, but he didn't. He didn't get a great rank. Such a huge amount. Exactly. That's what we might have to focus on is saying the ranks more than the numbers because the numbers are definitely inflated. Everybody's going to hit forty home runs this year. It's just correct. Everybody. Yandy Diaz uh, doesn't have to lift his angle. To get no. uh, seventy-two homers this year, it's gonna be—it's gonna be great. It's gonna be fun watching it. So, um, <laughs> another guy who could come back, start hitting homers right away, is uh, Frankie Lindor. Francisco Lindor likely due back Friday. Um, I feel like it's set in stone-ish. I guess he what, what, had a massive home run in his rehab start yesterday. Uh, it's set in drying cement. It's not quite there but it seems like because he's going to join the team either way whether he's activated on friday we do not know yet so go off of that and they have to have him right like it's i mean if he's ready to go yeah if he's anywhere in the vicinity of your team you you have i mean they've been running out what what is it eric stamets i don't even know who that is did i get his name right because i i don't even know you did okay uh i just i guessed on the eric part 
uh, I just see him at, for like 2200 on like DraftKings and stuff. And I'm like, man, that's, that's almost playable, but I'm just not going to. Uh, I don't think Eric Stamets quite bloomed with the Cleveland Indians. Isn't, isn't that a part of a flower? Ooh. Right? A stamen or something? Yeah, something right? like that. I, I don't yeah. know. I'm not much of a flower guy, but I'll, I'll give you that one. Thank you, thank you. No, no. Uh, it's terrible. I hate my life. <laughs> but, yeah, they need to bring Lindor back. And if you have him in uh, the aforementioned NFBC, you can make moves for Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'd put him in, um, I mean, maybe even without fully knowing, you know, um, I mean, I guess you can wait, but but if you're if let's say your shortstop's playing in the afternoon and he's like a garbage bag, not not somebody that's solidly decent, but like a garbage bag, I would just put Lindor in. I'd rather have two games of Lindor than three of mid mid tier trash bag. Sure. So I, I I would I would get Lindor in no matter what in your NFBC leagues where you can make change. Okay, for example, I got um, Orlando Arcia in. At my middle. How dare you? He's been he's been solid. No, he's been solid. He's oh, been solid. So you call him a trash bag. I've actually been yeah because I put him. I, I drafted him uh, as like a fill in for Wilmer Flores until Wilmer Flores got middle, and, and he's got it now. And Flores hasn't been great, but I thought he was going to be better, and so I I was just waiting. I got three homers out of RC. I'm fine with that. Yeah. But I would take two games of Lindor over three out sure. of RC. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. So last bit of news here. This is a bummer, man. This is a little deeper league one, but I'm bummed out because he was playing well. Kristen Stewart mm-hmm. of the Tigers uh, hits the IL and, you know, only hitting 222, but 313 OBP. So when you're almost 100 points split, that's that shows that you can get on base. And a 519 slug, he had three homers and nine of his 12 hits had gone for extra bases. So the pop was there. He was toting a 120 WRC plus. He's going to hit the, uh, the IL for a little bit. Um, you could probably just move on from him, but I just want to get your thoughts on, you know, if, if you cut him in a 10 or 12 team, is he someone that you're looking to pick back up when he returns? Mm, let's see. I've got him in my beat Justin Mason league. Okay. Because so that's a 12-er. Yes, that's a 12-er. So, uh, hey, I also have uh, Nick Pavetta in that league. Uh, so you're in last. Cool. Yeah, I, I, I probably am. Uh, but uh, I... I think I will probably end up moving on from him, but let me go look and see who's on the free agent pile and see if there's anybody really worth. Oh yeah. 12, what's 12. your, what's your reserve look like to hold him? Uh, I think my only banged up guys are, uh, I still have Carlos Martinez in that league. I have Vlad, uh, in that league. So I'm kind of waiting on that call up. That should be hopefully coming pretty soon. I believe next week they have the Giants at home as their next home series on uh, starting on, like, Tuesday. Uh, okay. So I think that is probably where he will make his debut uh, because they literally can't keep him in parks in the minor league right now. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so. It's uh, crazy. But, man, yeah, I forget, like, 12-team leagues, even, like, NFBC leagues. Yep. Like, there's just so much available on the wire. Uh that you have to drop him because, I mean, even in my league, Colton Wong is sitting out there. Uh, Delino DeShields is sitting out there. Oh, yeah. You have, you have to – you have to. I mean, you just – because even if you have a good reserve roster, 
he's not going to get picked up. Like no one's oh. picking up Kristen Stewart to to sit yeah, on him. I mean, Scooter Jeanette's sitting out on there, so I mean, I'd rather stash Scooter, between the two. Yes, yeah, for than, sure. Than than stash him. So all right, so bye to uh, Kristen Stewart in, in leagues where you have him. But do do keep an eye, especially if you need that power for when he comes back. I still think it can be useful. I was upon impressed return. by him. And yeah, me too. Plate discipline. Uh, Smacks and, the heck out of the ball. Oh man. He's he's atrocious defensively. Oh, and um, that was a big concern. But I mean, they can they can just run Goodrum out and, and left, yep, and put him at, at DH since Miggy is uh, holding up health wise. All right, well that's Kristen Stewart of the Tigers. Keep an eye on him. Like I said, power when when he comes back, you could still get some use out of him. But for now, I think you cut him in just about every format. Maybe AL only. You hang on, uh, yeah, especially maybe. if you got IL spots. Uh, all right, let's talk some pitcher rankings because we now my mind will be up as I mentioned uh, when you're listening to this, and then you put them out every week at Fantasy Alarm. So folks mm-hmm. want to check that out. They were considering, you know, should I subscribe there or no? think the fact that you're putting out so much content over there they should be the tipping point also have been running lifetime subscriptions what so it's a little bit more expensive oh well, uh, yeah makes sense but I, well, I don't think it's i don't think it's that expensive i can actually uh i, I know they're only gonna be running it for a short period of time so if it's something that you are interested in uh, over at Fantasy Alarm, they get some pretty great DFS tools. I do a lot of DFS work over there and a lot of football work over there. Uh, so uh, I'm pretty sure st- they still might be doing them. Um, I want to say it was like 200-something bucks for a lifetime subscription. Okay. Uh, well, is there a trial where people could check out to see how much they'd be interested in such know, a No, I don't know. But I bet you if you hit up Rick Wolf. Uh, there you go. He might be willing to give you a little trial. There are some tools in, in articles that are free over there too. So just okay. Well, go uh, check it out. See, see what's what. But that's where you're posting your your weekly pictures. So mm-hmm. you were already going to be ready for it. I've been working on mine for a while. If you wondered, you know, why didn't Paul post anything on Wednesday? It's literally all I worked on. I was hoping to be done by the time trivia started. I was not, and I just. I get in these ranks, and I'm really trying to keep the. It's uh, hard, man. It's so hard. I'm trying to keep the confirmation bias to a minimum. I'm trying to keep the small sample reaction, uh, small sample theater reaction to a minimum. You know, I'm 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 really trying to balance things, and I'm still going to get questions like, "How did you move this guy here, and then knock this guy here when he's been this in four starts, and he's been this?" I'm still going to lean on my beliefs coming into the season, and historically, you know. And we're already starting to see it, too, so there will be fewer questions on some of these guys. Like, you know, for example, Carlos Carrasco beasted out yesterday. We got to see that. We got to see Walker Buehler beast out. Um, who was another one who well, been struggling? I'll have, I'll have uh, a lot of my answers are going to be I'm not reactive early on. Yes, And exactly. so we're going to talk about guys, especially uh, in our big differences uh, section, but even in you know some of our you know top twenty five differences, uh, where I'm just not super reactive, and so I don't move guys unless I see something really frightening or really amazing. I'm just not very active, and so if I had them ranked low coming into the season, they're probably still pretty low in my ranks. Now that's going to start changing here pretty quick. Yeah. So some of the things I look at, of course, are. Velo and and in, in individual pitch performance as far as making a big change. Sometimes changes are guys moving 
around that person, pushing them down or up. They did nothing to move up. You know, you can only move up so many spots with that, like five, six maybe, but you, you can definitely have a little bit of a boost. Oh, geez, they did bring Tyson Ross back out, and now he's allowed five runs. So everything I said to you <laughs> offline about how, well, you know, I can't really get that sideways, it absolutely did. Yeah. So now yeah. it's six innings, five he, runs. He heard us and was like, hold my beer. Hold my beer. Not enough strikeouts to, to counter that. Um, and some of those spots where maybe I assessed and said, I am going to go ahead and react here because I think maybe I was wrong. Maybe I was uncertain about something coming mm-hmm. in. And now seeing the four starts plus some movements from other guys, I'm like, yeah, I am going to go ahead and make that move. So I'll, you know, I'll explain individually when we get into the, some of these yeah. guys. But uh, I try not to be overly reactionary, but I did make some big moves. So let's talk about the struggling studs first, the three guys that we've definitely covered. But let's get into where we actually have them ranking-wise. Chris Sale, we are dead tied. We've both got him mm-hmm. at eight. He'll, he'll now, be seven in my next ranking because there won't be Blake Snell because I don't rank injured guys. Which, uh, yeah, I am, and uh, especially one like that. Now, long-term injured guys, I don't. I'm not ranking mm-hmm. a Clevenger. Oh, yeah, and, I might keep Severino because he's only going to miss a start. Yeah, since he's so close, I still do have can, him there. Can we talk real quick about how Blake Snell is on my, my main event team? Along oh with Odo Bell Herrera and Blake Swihart. And <laughs> this is like, it's this a isn't nightmare. even funny at this it, point, it's man. Just, I, it's a nightmare. How maddening is it to you? Like, I'm taking two zeros this week because of injuries that happened after Fab. Um, and there's nothing I can do. I don't have the rocks. I didn't have the roster flexibility to do anything. Jesus, dude. Like, I I got fed up. What was it Tuesday when Matt's pitched? I'm just so effing sick of these these thrashings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I saw that. <laughs> and you know, it was due to that because he's on my main event team. And you know, oh, this was one of the guys that I was like finally had a good outing, uh, Nathan Eovaldi. But he's on my main event team. He's getting thrashed. I got Noah Syndergaard. You know. uh Riding his, what is it, 540 ER. He has a 108 whip, and the skills are fine, so I'm not really worried about him. But they don't judge on FIP. My, my ranking isn't based on FIP. I got to go with the ERA that they've put up. So between you know him actually pitching well and getting getting a high ERA, and then Eovaldi and Matt's just pooping everywhere, and then I just, you know, I, I, that Matt's, you got to be kidding me, man. I'm, I'm so <laughs> effing sick of it. Did you see and what then, I course, said about him? No, what did you say? Uh, I tweeted. I was like, "Oh, did Matt's like shake Nick Pavetta's hand before the game?" <laughs> it was hey, just man. Ugly. Good luck. I hope things get better. Oh no! <laughs> this like transformation. This is why you're not. This is why the media is not supposed to talk to starters before the game, right? It's Ex- like exactly. Like, all you do is touch the wrong person's hand, and all you know, it just goes awry. Because it was gross. I mean, it was utterly brutal, and and you know, I don't care about. Um, Apparently, Ahmed Rosario had some things that, that it shouldn't have been so bad. I don't, it doesn't matter. Take off two runs. Fine. It's four runs, four earned and zero outs. Like, it doesn't matter. It mm-hmm. does not matter. In fact, they did. It, it's only six earned out of the eight. So, whatever. Um, <laughs> it, it was absolutely brutal. I forget what my point was about that, but it's been frustrating me to no end to deal with these, with these utter shellacking. So, to see, you know, but for someone like Sale, the reason I've only moved him down from three to eight, which at the high end, five spots 
is a bit of a mm-hmm. deal. And I did take him out of my number ones into my must start tier because I still think you have to start. I think you're getting way too cute if you're trying to bench Chris Sale. Yes. I, I don't subscribe to the – with stud guys like this, with track records like this, sit him until he has a good start. Or sometimes you hear like sit him until he has two good starts. What the hell are you talking about? Yeah. If you're going to do the one thing and sit him until he has a good start, I hate it. I think it's a terrible strategy. But I'm sure as hell not doing it until two good starts. Yeah, no. Like I'm just going to sit by the sideline and let him throw a no-hitter on my bench. So anyway, we both got him at eight. Well, and, and, and just to comment on that real quick, like, and maybe I should be a little bit more reactive than I am, but if I was willing to start a guy on opening day, I'm still willing to start him now. Unless, I mean, yeah. there has to be – like something that's gone really wrong for me for, you know, for the majority of my starters. It's just, if I believed on opening day, unless I've seen something that really concerns me, if if they're still on my roster, like they should be startable at this point. Yep. This has become a bit of a cliche, but that's because it's true. A lot of times cliches become such because they're, they're viable. And it's, you know, if this is ha- happening in the middle of June, would you react the same exactly. way? Because it's the the only stuff that we have, um, we, we think it means more, but it doesn't. And so, you know, even some of these mid-tier guys like a Nathan Eovaldi, if you believed in him and you're riding with him, now some people would. Because I was going to say, you know, would you cut him if this happened in mid-June? Some people would say yes, and they would just be that reactionary. And I will say that part of it is the leagues that we play. We are in some deeper leagues, 15-team mixed and stuff like that. So it is a different story, 10-team, 12-team, 15-team. I get that. So I will I will keep that in mind. And if you see better options, you know, look at our rankings, though. If you see, okay, our, our 38th guy is available on your wire and you have all these 44th or whatever, then you, you can make that cut if you want. But for the most part, you should stick with a lot of these guys that you believed in three weeks ago Mm -hmm. because four starts is just not enough and unless you see something that's drastically changed that's drastically different and i do have that with some guys they're getting nothing going yeah they're allowing homers at too high of a clip but i don't think it's necessarily going to magically fix and it just i'm just not in on it there are some guys that change but at the very tip top here i can't do it I can't go crazy. So that's Chris Sale. Got him at eight. Both of us do. We have Aaron Nola a little bit different, though. I went to 12. You went to seven. I will mention that for me, um, I had him at seven. So I I moved a five-spot drop. Did you have Nola around seven to start? So did you keep him firm? Yeah, I think I had him probably around seven or eight, be my guess. Yeah, so I, I moved him down a little bit. I will say that that's one of those where... Five feels like a lot of spots. It's probably be- more because of a couple guys that moved ahead of him more than a freak out where I'm like, oh, he's not going to come back. I do still believe that Nola can get it figured out. I will say, though, between like Sale, uh, Nola, and the next guy we're going to talk about, I do have a little bit more concern with him than the others because of his health track record previously. But that's, and well, that- that's why I had him as low as I did originally anyways same and so I, I like kind i of building in some concern there yeah so already. i'm not gonna ding him too much more for the same concern i already had so the the big moves that there's two guys that came in right that that really leapfrogged him for me that would have you know it might have been only from 10 to 7 and then it's barely it's barely a move there for nola and that's um 
well, actually, we're going to talk about both of them later, so I really don't want to spoil it. All right. Let's <laughs> so I, we'll, we'll move on from that, and I'll just say that, yes, I, I do have more concern, though, than you do. It sounds mm-hmm. like you're not too concerned at all. I do have a little bit of concern. It's not actionable concern, though, and that's the no. another difference that's a distinction worth making is that. I'm just okay. as concerned as I was heading into the season, and uh, that is, I think, fine. Because, yep. like you said, it's not actionable. There's nothing we can do about it right now. You're not going to sell Aaron Nola, so not selling, sitting, or cutting. Nope. It's it's just not it's just not uh, it's just not happening. Okay, and so then the other one is Kluber, who I have at 14 and you have at nine. Now, remember, we did talk about this and we've referenced it a few times about how we kind of made on air moves about where we drafted where we would draft him, and I'm not even sure that I was super comfortable. This is one of the ones I was talking about where. I wasn't 100% comfortable with my preseason rank, and so I'm just inching that down a little bit further. And then, again, you add two spots for guys that leapfrog. So it's probably more of a three-spot move because it's it's five now. I actually had him nine, and so he went nine to 14 for me. Kluber did. If, as far as actual moves as opposed to guys that leapfrogged him, it's more of an 11 to 14, but a little bit of concern. The velo's down a little bit more. The fastball's bad already now he is leaning away from it which i, I like that mm-hmm. he continues to use it less and less now down to 38 percent usage for cory kluber's velo and don't get me wrong 14 is still like you know a must start anchor that you know he's got a 13 percent swinging strike his i think his strikeouts will come back up i don't think he's a trash bag i just don't think he's top of the heap you know, uh, unimpeachable superstar. I think he's going to be, I think he's kind of more like his teammate Carrasco where Carrasco was always that like fantasy number one, but never like that ace ace. And, and I actually have them like just two spots apart. So that's where I'm at with Kluber. What about you on the heels of a six, six, 16 ERA, but a four fit, uh, with a 23% strikeout rate, 11% walk rate and 13% swinging strike. How do you feel about Corey Kluber? Uh, I'm. I think we go through this every year with Kluber, and <laughs> seemingly right. Yeah, I. I mean, I. I don't. I haven't actually gone back and looked at every single uh, month by month of his, You know, of the last what five or six years, but it feels like every year in April and May, we're especially April, we're freaking out about Corey Kluber. He inevitably turns it around. At some point, I'm sure we will be left holding the bag on it. Uh, but I'm willing to be okay uh, with just holding on to him right now and or even buying low on him. I, I have him still at nine. It's actually, mm-hmm. I think, higher than I had him coming into the season just because of so oh, many really? guys. Moving. Well, so many guys getting hurt. Like, I, you know, yep. I had Severino ahead of him, so you got to take him out. I feel like there was somebody else. Oh, I had Carrasco ahead of him. I dropped Carrasco a fair amount, Okay. Yeah. Uh, which I'm surprised he didn't make our little list because – uh, I dropped him quite a bit before that last start, so I'll probably have to move him back up. Let's uh, see here. What was our difference? I, I dropped him to, all the way to oh, 19. I, well, I could have had um, – he's 16 for me, so we're, okay. we're kind of in lockstep there probably push with up uh, Carlos too. Carrasco. Yeah, and I – for me, a 16 was um, – it was a five point or yeah, five point drop. Five point drop off of where I had him. Yeah, I, I had I had Carrasco at, at well the week before this. I had Carrasco at nine and Kluber at ten. So uh, And he's really in a in a 
like the the three ahead of him and two below him, like you could jumble them up. Mm-hmm. So I I, bar- I barely moved him as far as I'm concerned. It's five points, but I barely for me I pretty much it. moved him from like the top top of the tier to the bottom of the tier. So mm-hmm. it's like still in the same tier for me in terms of Carrasco Kluber. I just if things don't turn around quickly, then I may I may start to get worried here in a couple weeks. But for right now, I'm I'm holding Pat. I don't have any shares though because I was I was worried about the red flags that we talked about in, in yes. preseason. So that that is the thing with Kluber that it, you know it's easy for us to just say hang on because we we didn't buy any. <laughs> yeah, we just weren't feeling it with that. But if uh, someone okay. in, if someone in one of my trade leagues goes, uh, I'm I'm selling Kluber if anybody wants to buy, I, I'll go buy. Yeah, I'm open to buying. Honestly, all three of the guys that we talked about, mm-hmm. even Nola here, if I get a requisite discount, it doesn't have to be some insane. I'm not going to be trying to rip anybody off. First off, I just don't think anybody's going to allow them themselves to get ripped off on one of these three. I don't but know. I some would... of the trade offers I hear on Twitter from people. <laughs> like... Well, maybe so. Maybe so. I think uh, so. I think some, yeah. some people are really scared about Chris Sale. And... Well, if you're terrified, hit me up. Yes. Hit me up, hit me up on that on that uh, because I will take it on and, and give you that seventy cents on the dollar if that's what you're looking to take. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, moving on here. Now let's talk about some of our big top twenty-five differences, and we'll start with Clayton Kershaw. He's one of the guys that moved ahead of Nola and and kind of pushed him down more so than than it being a reaction to Nola. It was positivity on Kershaw, and I came in with Kershaw at. Uh, let's see, where did I have him? 20-something? Hang on. I had him at 15. So I was just kind of waiting to see him, and it was one start, and I understand that. But I think one of the things that I kind of kept trying to maintain throughout the preseason was even the the quote-unquote bad seat, like the, the, the freakout just didn't seem right to me with Kershaw because he was great when he pitched last year. I understand that we might get a muted number of innings again. It's been 149, 175, 161 the last three years. But we're already used to it. Like I just – I don't think we're going to get anything different than what we've been getting, which is eliteness for like 150 to 175 innings. So saw him pitch uh, his opener, felt like – you know, he's pretty solid Kershaw, not Pete Kershaw. And I went ahead and moved him up. Part of it was just because of everything crumbling around him. And part of it's just because he's Kershaw. I just wanted to see him get on the field, felt comfortable with what I saw. So I bumped him to nine. You've got him at 17. So you don't exactly hate him, but we do have a split there. Yeah, I I will probably move him up a couple of spots. But I don't know that I'm going to move him up. A ton, and uh, th- this next ranking probably will be a little bit more reactive. I just don't know how I can put him in front of like a Jack Flaherty. So what you would do is you would change the number next to Kershaw and make it smaller than the one next to Flaherty. <laughs> I just don't think I want to do that, though. Uh, <laughs> just and it's hard because like I ranked uh, Luis Castillo behind Kershaw. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's right. I mean, I, I did too, but obviously, I I love Castillo, and I've got him uh, right. And by the way, the the list I sent you an email, mm-hmm. ignore it. it I've, I already made like twenty. I, you, I didn't even see it. So yeah, it's... you weren't quite ready, and I was like, still making tweaks. I was like, that that list already invalid. You know, see the beautiful, yeah, the beautiful part about my list is it's you know it's from Sunday. 
And so if, and I haven't even started working on my, my list for next week. Uh, so like, I don't have to make any changes. I can just be like, yep, this list is old now. So, uh, cause yeah, when we do this for preseason, I'm, I'm, I'm literally moving people around as we speak. It's, it's so hard. Cause mm-hmm. you look at one thing and you're like, Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I got to do this. Oh, I got to do this. I, I wouldn't take this guy here. Uh, I feel you on that though. Like with, you know, the young bucks, Flaherty and, and Castillo versus a Kershaw. I just feel. And where did you say know. you had Kershaw coming into the season? 15 so it's okay. a it's a six it's a six point jump for me yeah because i had him at 12 uh, originally so you moved him down now that's that's more guys i, I assume moving above him but he went mm-hmm. from 12 to 17 yeah despite looking strong in his first outing though so, i mean i read the rank before his first outing so or before the outing I know, so I'm saying, so, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, so you didn't get to see the start because the start was Monday night, right? So this, okay, this, yeah, was, yeah, this yeah. was a rank that I pushed out Sunday morning. Based on the fact that he was returning, you hadn't seen him. I knew he was returning, yet. I hadn't seen him. So okay, I mean, he'll, okay. he'll push up, but like I said, like how do I push him up above a guy like, because if, if we take away the name and we mm-hmm. just look at what he did, don't get me wrong, it was good, but was it great? Like... It, was it really top fifteen? I don't think it was, and I don't know. Well, not, that... not in the one in the one start. No, yeah, I mean, but I mean, if that's going to be kind of what we get from him, I mean, okay, if we continue to get twenty five percent strikeout rate with no walks, I'm here for that. <laughs> now, obviously, yeah. we're going to get some walks, but I guess the real key for oh, the me strikeouts with strikeouts coming back. I, actually, I'm not as concerned about that. I, I think he will live in the twenty five to twenty seven percent range, which is lower than peak Kershaw but higher than last year which was 24 percent so if we're going to live 25 to 27 I think the key for me really is the homers because they've been a little like 0.5 to 1-2 to 0.95 last year and he did allow a homer in in this game uh to Puig and so if he's you know with the homers he does need to make sure that the hits and walks are down or else obviously that's going to inflate the ERA for Kershaw. So that would be a bigger concern than anything else for me because that would push up the ERA and and kind of mitigate the fact that he doesn't have the or, or exacerbate the fact that he doesn't have the peak strikeout rate. But I just don't see real concern with Kershaw. I just I I didn't really see it during the spring and now that I got to see him on the field looking healthy, I'm in. So I went 9. Okay. Yeah, I I mean like I said he'll move up He'll probably move up above Flaherty. He'll probably move up. You've got Marquez, Paxton, Flaherty, Corbin, and Thor just ahead of him. Those are the ones that you got. Mm, probably just above. He, maybe he moves to fourteen. Okay. Maybe I put, yeah, or maybe I just flip flop Flaherty and and Kershaw. That may, that, yeah. Okay. You just. Put that, put him put Kershaw to fourteen, Flaherty to seventeen, and just go with that. Okay. Or or maybe I make Luis Castillo four. Oh, God, I love. Luis maybe Castillo. I make Luis Castillo two. Yeah, yeah. 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 Scherzer than Castillo. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up is David Price. Uh, not a huge surprise. I, I'm obsessed with David Price. <laughs> I moved him up six spots from thirteen or from nineteen to thirteen. You've got him at twenty two. What were you preseason on David Price? Dun, dun, dun. Checking the preseason. Um, I'm checking I, the preseason. I'm checking the preseason. I had him at 22. I haven't moved him. Okay. Okay. Like I, I said, think very with the, not reactive. 
I, you know, I'm, I'm picturing an image in my mind right now of like a, a superhero movie. Not that saying that he's a superhero, but him standing there, arms crossed, while everything ruins around him. All the buildings are <laughs> collapsing, and it's just, it's like they've got murals of the pictures that are crumbling around him, and he's just standing there, like, nope, I'm still good. And he's actually been better than last year in his 19s for David Price. I'm not going off of that so much. I would take last year, but in this landscape, I thought it was enough to move mm-hmm. up, even in the short sample. So I, I, I bopped him up a few spots. I would encourage you to. To move I up a little probably bit. will because he probably should have moved up considering. Uh, you take him over Strauss for real? You got 20, 20 for Strauss. And uh, again, for, it was right. before Strauss's last start. Because like, Strauss oh, was supposed to get a two week start versus San Francisco in Miami. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I don't know how I not not have him in the top 20 with that, with that, that week okay. coming up. So That's a great mention, though, because you. I'm doing how weekly much, rank, so and so the two start stuff can mm-hmm. in, can break ties and kind mm-hmm. of move guys. So keep that in mind. I used to do that ranking for Rotowire, and that would definitely change things. So, so yeah, I would that's, have that's why guys. I still had because I'm not a Strasburg guy. To yeah, begin and that's why with. I asked specifically about him. So uh, and yeah, so I, I'm sure that was the thinking of why I kept him or I put him at 20 above Barrios, above Price, above Morton. Uh, okay. Because, I mean, theoretically, Price should be higher because I've dropped Zach Wheeler behind him and he was ahead of him to begin with. Severino's not in that ranking. Uh, Clevenger's not in that ranking. So, like, there's uh, there are at least a couple guys that are three or three or four guys that probably dropped below him that were originally above him. So, other guys had to have put been pushed up. Uh, but that being said, Price will probably move up a few spots, uh, at least. Um, you know, it's still pitching in Boston. It's still, sure. uh, he allowed three homers in his opener, mm-hmm. and he hasn't allowed a homer since. But w- what I really do like, though, that does convince me or um, encourage me about Price is is the swing strike rate being up. Uh, mm-hmm an appreciable bit from nine, six to uh, 13%. I do like seeing that if that can hold, that'd be great. Uh, it would back up his strikeout rate a bit more because with that 9.6, he was really kind of stretching the limits of what he could do with his, uh, with his K rate last year at, uh, at 24 and a half percent. So I, I, I love do like that seeing in, that out of him in a season where barrel percentage is going up dramatically his own contact has gone down by seven percent so far this year that 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 is nice and you know hopefully those three homers at at oakland too you can't even blame fenway was something of a blip and if he can Mm -hmm. suppress the homers i do think that's that's going to be the key for price to getting back to peak price otherwise he's going to be this boston version which is solid but not overwhelmingly like a like a really great two. If you've got one of the top guys and then Price is your number two, you're feeling good. Well, and uh, one of the things we're not talking about right now is you know, one of the reasons we I think we're okay with ranking guys like Carrasco and Clevenger and Kluber wherever they were is because they were pitching in this trash division offensively. Oh my God, yes. Is the AL East a trash division offensively outside of Boston and Tampa? Because the Yankees' offense is atrocious. Well, because right they now. took another hit. Uh, I mean, yeah. they took, Gary Sanchez was their actual best by numbers. Now, Judge is their is Judge is their best Love hitter, Judge. but but by vol, but but by actual numbers so far this year, it was Sanchez who was their best. But now it's Judge Torres 
and, and a ragtag group of some solid guys. It's again, it's better than a triple A outfit, but it's not terrifying. I, I had it's to a- do the the DFS write up again today, and I had to write up Mike Ford, who will probably be <laughs> that's not a real player. Stop their it. DH. Stop it against right-handed pitchers. The fake the- guy you used an actual real exactly. name and you took a very common last name and you made up a player. Mm-hmm. Shut your mouth, Tom Murphy Jr. Yeah, shut it, up. It's re- like like I. This is one of the reasons. Like I, I think I said this maybe a week or two ago. Maybe Boston doesn't care about their bullpen as much because they think they're going to win this division with how bad the Yankees right situation. I don't think the Yankees are bad, and I I think the Yankees once they get healthy they'll be great. But they, yeah, they'll they'll improve as the season goes on. The but right Yankees now, Yankees are the major league version of my main event team. They they really are. Like that is a a really strong mm-hmm. example there. Um, like it's. It's like a, a better Angels. It's like a, a super-powered Angels team, which isn't necessarily a compliment because they've got that one superstar mm-hmm. and then a lot of like not so good around it. Like Glaber Torres is better than whoever the second-best hitter for L.A. is, if you want to say it's like not 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 who's been the second-best, which I think would be like Brian Goodwin or Tommy Lastella mm-hmm. or some trash, but it would like, you know – Angelton Simmons or something. So they've it's it's a better version, but it's if you get around Judge and you don't let him kill you, this offense isn't going to bust you up. And so that's a good point about Price and others in the AL East. It's not as scary as it was, particularly if you're talking about a Boston guy, which only makes their struggles that much more frustrating. Although it, it was happening against other teams, it was mm-hmm. happening against the Oaklands of the world. Um, I believe they had a series in Arizona where they were trounced. So that that's kind of the weird thing about that. But that's David Price. Let's move on to our next guy here, Walker Bueller. You've got him up at ten. And I have him at 20. Uh, let me make sure that that's still correct. He might have been somebody to move around in the midst of all my small shuffles here. Had a good nope. start. Had He's a good start against oh, Cincinnati. Was brilliant. Yeah. And that's what that's what people needed. Um, I like to point out, too, for me, just since it is such a stark difference, it's only a, it's only a four-point difference for me. I had him at 16, so it's not like I'm mm-hmm. tanking him. You and I are just split. So and I had him, I think, at 12 to start the season. Okay. And two guys that were ahead of him are gone. And and you're not freaking out over no. I mean, every, there's still a lot of solid stuff in this profile. It's not like, oh, this is automatically going to turn around to be an Uber star. But if you just look at an ERA indicator, you say you like FIP. I mean, it's not perfect, but it's 310. It's, it's, it's literally 2.3 better than his ERA. It's it's basically telling you not to panic. Um, the strikeout rate's at 22%, walk rate 8%, swinging strike 11, hits are fine. 7.8 is not crazy. Like that that's like one another good outing from being in the low sevens. Home run rate's actually excellent at 0.5, so he's not allowing a ton of homers for Walker Bueller. I understand why you wouldn't panic about him. And my my ranking my downgrade is not panic based. It's actually this is a very this is very much a guys around him pushed Walker Bueller down. So I'm with you. I don't even know yeah. if we have to get too deep into no, this. I'm I, saying I, sit tight with him. I think he I, the only the only two things that are kind of like hmm to me are O swing drastically down. Okay. From 32 uh, to 22. Uh, that is percent. interesting. Uh, and then his first strike percentage is down 10 percent. 
I, I think which, he just needs to be a little bit more aggressive. So maybe yeah, this which is, puts the walks yeah, in game. Pitch, pitch mix, game usage. Uh, I'm so I'm not I'm not worried. It just I think this, this is something that flips. If, if he builds off this good start that Walker Buehler had against Cincinnati, yep. and has two more good ones in a row, this is something that flips, and you barely remember that his first yep. couple mm-hmm. starts were kind of crummy. So I'm I'm with you there. I might even take him up another spot or two because, like I said, he moved down because of the Castillos of the world. Um, Jose Barrios was another one I moved up, and he ended up going ahead of Bueller. So it, it's more it's more that than anything that I have concerns. This one is a is a sharp difference, and I did make a, a nice little five point boost here. We talk about guys that we we love and we can't quit. I'm back in on Chris Archer. <laughs> I do not support him being a crybaby with Dietrich at all. You don't electric slide off the mound and then cry when someone takes you takes you bridge. I do not support that at all, and I thought that was a terrible look by him. Mm-hmm. But what I do like about Chris Archer is he's actually incorporating a third pitch, a yes. changeup, 13% of the time. Swing and strike rate remains strong. It's actually the strongest it's ever been, but but notice not very noticeably. It's uh, But it's the strong 13%. It's actually at 13.8. Last year it was at 13.1, 13.4 the year before that. So it's, it's basically the same. But he's generating the strikeouts with it. He's he's back up uh, from 25 last year to 34% so far this year. Walks are a little bit high at 10%, but we're not at the stabilization rate or, or even that close to it. Uh, for him, I think he's got another like 60, 70 batters before the walk rate gets to that point. You talk about two good outings with a walk or, or zero to one walks, and that's right back down where it needs to be. So walk rates, I'm really not going to freak out over one way or the other. I'm not going to be too positive on them if they're improved, and I'm not going to freak out if they're if they're not so good right now. So the 10% walk rate for Archer doesn't bother me. I love that he's suppressing hits. He's suppressing everyone but Derek Dietrich's home runs, <laughs> and uh, he looks sharp. So you know, a 93% left on base rate is not going to maintain – but I think Archer is is going to be solid again, uh, better than what we've been seeing the last couple of years. Plus, he's in the NL and a full season in, in PNC. I only had him 30th, so it's not like I boosted him up all over the place. I moved him up five spots to 25, but you've got him at 35. So tell me what you think about Chris Archer. You know, I probably should have him up a little bit higher, uh, considering I had him at 35 coming into the season. He's at 35 with guys who have been taken out uh, via injury. Uh, so, yeah, I I don't know. Maybe I'm just feeling like I have in years past with Archer where it's just I really need to see these kind of trends continue before I'm willing to completely buy in. That being said, the skills he's showing early on are very good, and the third pitch usage uh, is very intriguing to me, throwing that uh, – that that change up 13% of the time uh is a is a big deal I think for him. So uh let's like I said let's see if it continues. Um I'm you know the fastball still isn't good. Uh and he I think he's throwing it more right now, which is int- Oh no, he's throwing about the same. Yeah, so. about, about about the same. Um the change-ups have come from the slider usage, mm-hmm. which I'd like to see it the other way around. I, I absolutely, absolutely, but we'll see. Bottom line is he's looking, he's looking strong. I feel like he gets out of jams, and now that's that ninety-three percent left on base rate. And again, it's not going to hold at that clip. Two fifty bat bips not going to hold either. Yeah, but I think in these previous years where he was meandering around a low fours, 
is when he wasn't getting out of the jams, especially deeper in games. So I'm encouraged by by Archer. So I got him up a few spots, and so we have a little bit of a 10-point split. So those are our top 25 differences. Now let's talk about major differences regardless of where we are. And you do a top 75. So I've got some – I go a little bit deeper here. But for a week-to-week thing, I think top 75 is useful as opposed to a, a rest-of-season sort of deal. So let's start with Kevin Gosman. And I think this would go back to your uh, first point right off the bat was that you're not going to make a whole lot. You're not going to be super reactionary. Well, and, and maybe I and I didn't get the star from yesterday in before these ranks. Oh yeah, too. that's true. So, that's true. Uh, I and I actually that. moved Gosman up quite a bit previous to yesterday's start. So I I was very low on Gosman coming in the year. So and, was I. And part of it was. Let's be honest. Was I've been a huge Gosman guy for a really long time, and mm-hmm. it's burned me almost every single season. This is the exact same feeling I had, and I was just like, you know what? Show me something, dude. Mm-hmm. And that's that's why I had him down where I did. You know what he's I had done? Gosman at seventy-two coming, dude. In I season. had him at eighty-four. Oh wow! Like I was so pissed. Mm-hmm. Like that was probably too low. Maybe a little bit of anger went in there and gave him the extra ten. What'd you say? He had seventy-two, so I had the extra twelve of negativity there. But you know, you and I weren't really drafting him because he wasn't lasting that long. And so, um, you know, I had him at eighty-four. I've moved him starkly up, though. I got him. This, the sheet says thirty-one. I've actually got to update it to thirty-four. Uh, but I have him at thirty-four. You still have him at, you have him at seventy-three. You didn't have that yesterday's start. Oh no, 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 no. I, I uh, did you? I moved him up to fifty-three. Oh, pardon me. Hang on. My bad on that. Well, then it's not going to be one of our big as big of a difference, but it's still going to be a nineteen-point difference. So let's go ahead and still talk about him here. Yeah. I was point out Justin moved him up pre-show based on the fact that I ranked him high and he does everything I know. Uh, no, you're but anyway, cute. you're cute. So 53, I think obviously I still think it's a little low because I'm at 34, but I, I sort him up and here's why. He's got the feel for the splitter early, and that's part of the problem is he always digs these freaking holes for Kevin Gossman, and he has to spend the second half getting even because it takes him all, you know, the first half to start to feel the slider and to start to, or splitter and to start to get the feel for that pitch and let it become a strikeout weapon and not hang so many for homers. This year, he's out of the gate, and he's feeling it. I think the volume alone tells us how much he's feeling it. 34% usage is higher than anything he's ever done. Last year, he used it 22% of the time, which was a career high, and he did. That wasn't just like a Braves influx. He used it 22% with the Orioles, too, so maybe he started feeling it uh, earlier last season, too. But it's been instrumental in the strikeout rate. 15% swinging strike, 31% strikeout rate. So that's a big reason that I jumped in on the Gosman train here and just really jumped him up the rankings. Having believed in him before played a role too. It's like, okay, now I see something I can believe in. I'm going to go ahead and dive back in wholeheartedly like a like an idiot and get burned. This is going to be fun. But if, to your point though about you know getting burned and then my point about the first half thing, 467 ERA in the first half, 114 or 141, 141 whip for Gosman. Second half, 353, 123. But this year again, looks like we're not going to have to go through that period of figuring it out. 
three we starts hope. in. <laughs> I know we hope because it could, three bad starts and it completely turns it right back around. That, mm-hmm. like, that's that's the volatility that we're still in. We're still very much in the volatility zone. But I'm buying in, and this another big part of this, of course, is the trash landscape around him. There's so many guys in this 30s to 50s range that I just like I hate. I absolutely hate them. So give me someone with a green arrow that I actually believe in, and that's why I was able to get Gosman up to 34. Here was my Go rationale ahead. about ranking him where I did. Uh, one was the first the first start was against Miami. So it's yeah, like, yeah. Uh, one of the not... best teams in the league. Exactly. Right? So, okay, that's what you were going to say. Okay. Uh, and then the second start wasn't great versus New York, and then I didn't get the third start before uh, I saw this. So – uh, I I think now I will definitely start to push him up. I don't know if I'm going to be in the top 40 like you are, but he'll definitely be in my top 50 when the ranks come out next week uh, and probably probably closer to 40. Uh, okay. But, and then, then all of a sudden at that point, we don't really have a difference. Yeah, and, and then we're talking about maybe 5 to 10 ranks. So, yeah. Uh, I love Gosman. I'm very tentative on him. And understand like this is the first time we've seen him carry over some changes into the next season. Uh, that being said, it's he's just a guy that's burned me so many times. I, I have a hard time believing that we're going to because, you know, what will happen is, is I'll buy in and I'll put him in my top 30 starting pitchers and I'll go crazy. I'll go trade for him. And then he's just going to get murdered in the second half. Of course. He's going to catch gonna what lose, Sean Newcomb had. Going to lose the feel for the splitty and just do what he always does to us. But I, I had to. I had to do it. So No, um, I, I, I think you're right. Uh, but I'm just being a little bit more careful. And like I said, I'm not super reactive. And so yeah. uh, even moving him up 20 spots was a hard it's thing big. to do. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Um, another one that I was pretty reactive on. This was a wait and see, though, too. So I was ready to do that. And one thing I kind of wish I'd had time for was to do maybe like um, – I did this last year where I had my ranks and then I had a little note next to each of them, similar to what you would see in the what, – what's termed the Leviathon, the, the big uh, sports weekly that comes out that uh, – where they just have like a little note. And the note I would have had for McHugh was – Ready, you know, ready to soar if if he transitions to starter nicely. You know, if he gets off to a good start, let's go. And so I did move him up quite a bit here. I got him all the way up to 28, which after changes is still correct. Okay. But I had him at 65. So that's a 37-point jump just for me. You've got him at 67. So you had him basically where I started with him and you've left him there. I'm buying in on this. The strikeouts are there. I think even obviously we're not getting a 196 ERA. Yes. But give me like a a 350. I think one, be better than that. Fine. Okay. But yeah. so, but even if it is like a 150, 120, and a ton of strikeouts, now that wouldn't be the 28th guy. But that I think that's kind of like a, a negative outlook. So I'm I'm hyped, and I I, I boosted Colin McHugh up high. Uh, what are your thoughts on McHugh after a few starts here? Yeah, I think for me, the biggest thing uh, that we saw for McHugh and one of the reasons I, I didn't have him uh, ranked higher uh, was the Brad Peacock news. Yeah. It, it was that when they didn't need a fifth starter, Peacock was one. Because Peacock's been dealing too, and he was moved yep. out of the rotation. So that means 
when Whitley's ready, if somebody struggles, like or or if they made if they made a move Wait, for Keuchel, uh, like McHugh's not coming out of the rotation. Correct. He's the one who's locked in, and that was the, one of the reasons why I ranked him so low coming into the season because I I buy the skills, I just didn't buy that the Astros were going to keep him as a starter, uh, and now I buy that. So he's going to jump up considerably uh, for me. Um, uh, probably like if I'm just, and a lot of these guys are going to move around. So I'm probably moving him up into the top 40 ish. Okay. And again, all of a sudden that curbs our, mm-hmm. our difference, but I, I think it's worth talking about anyway. So I'm, I'm glad that, Super uh, impressed. That, I just, yeah, I, everything that the fact that he's just pretty much keeping all, everything that we saw as a reliever last year. Uh, as a starter thus far, except for the only, the only thing that's a little bit concerning is, uh, and it's not necessarily concerning, but maybe disappointing is the right word, is the velocities down two two full ticks. Two ticks for McHugh, back mm-hmm. down to where he was last time as a starter. Which was fine. Which but it would have been cool. Yeah, it would have been cool if he could have hung on to some of it. Done the, like the Carrasco where he kept the the the, the gains. Exactly. That being he, said, everything breakers, else is... Yeah. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. No, but his breakers to... are what uh, win with him. Exactly. That's exactly what I was just about to say. So, All right, so that's Colin McHugh for the Astros. Next up is Joe Musgrove, and I ought to boot you off the podcast for having <laughs> him 68. If you're going to rank him that low, you might as well rank him 69 because that would have been nice. Mm-hmm. This is not nice. 68, I may be a little aggressive. I got him at 29, but I had him high coming in. And so, I had him low coming in. We we, yeah. we we had our disagreement on Musgrove. Uh, I've already moved him up uh, to 54. Okay. Uh, That's pretty big. Yeah, and I may start inching him up further, probably into the top 50 for sure. Dig it. I dig it. Uh, I, was, I watched his last start. Definitely very impressive. Uh that uh like the the start at detroit so but again that happened after my rank dropped exactly so. and that that we have to keep reiterating that because that it, like, his first two at, starts at this were versus point. cincinnati versus cincinnati's uh, or sorry his his first appearance and then his actual first start were, were both at cincinnati against cincinnati's team that was really struggling mightily the cubs they, haven't been they themselves yet mm-hmm. Uh, and so to see this happen now, three straight starts out of the gate, and really the walks just be minuscule, uh, is 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 very very encouraging. So um yeah he'll he'll definitely get a bump, probably not as big of a bump as McHugh, uh, but uh, he'll definitely be higher. Okay, that's Joe Musgrove for Pittsburgh, and yeah, you know we keep bringing up the thing about you not seeing a start earlier this week. It's like 33% or 25% of the volume for these guys. So it does matter. Not that you're going to uh, you know, super overreact, but you, you would react to some of it for sure. And so we do need to keep reiterating that. What I love is I, you know, I really think that early on we're kind of getting the aspects of what I was hoping for in a potential star turn, which is parlaying that swing strike rate into more strikeouts. In fact, he's actually amped it from 11% to 13%. But more importantly, the strikeouts are coming from 21% to 26% while maintaining the walks. So I'm just – I'm fully in on Joe Musgrove, and uh, this is – again, there may be a little bit of confirmation bias in that. Maybe I should have only gone you know, from 56 to 
32 or something. I don't know, or, you know, 35, but I went up to 29 and I might move him to four by the end of the show. Who knows? <laughs> who, who, who could say for sure? So that's Joe Mus- Musgrove. All right. Now we got three where I'm the low man. Mm-hmm. And, and this we're, would, we're talking about my biggest mistake in terms of my rankings. This so, one right here? Oh, yeah. This is yeah. – there, there's no excuse for it. I've misranked him. Okay. So, uh, you lose that scene. I was going to – because that's what I was going to ask. I was like, yeah. you had him at 55, and I'm all I, for taking the mediocre guys that are solid, that just, you know, mm-hmm. do fine, but uh, aren't aren't elite the way he's been the last two years and ranking them high. But, yeah, this is – the 55, I got him at 105. I, 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 I bopped mm-hmm. him. Yeah, and actually – the the last guy we'll talk about is the same same type of issue. He shouldn't have been on my ranks. I don't even know because uh, he hit the DL. So, uh, but Chassin, yeah, he, he's dropping off of my top seventy five for sure. Uh, though the walks especially have been concerning. Um, it, that exactly that's my biggest concern. I briefly it, mentioned it when we were talking about um, their rotation and maybe getting Keiko. Is that he's walking the yard right now? And and all the damage has been away from home. Like he, this isn't like oh he while well, he pitches at Miller Park he's gonna have these homer games, it, it, he's not. He's only his first start was at home, yep. so it, like yeah no there there's no reason he sh- this, that was a complete mistake shouldn't have been on my ranks. Uh, Tyler Skaggs will you know you, we can talk about it if you want shouldn't have been on my ranks either, uh, because he he was on the DL anyways. Uh, so well, let's just go to Julio Tehran and I'll, uh, okay. apologize for that one too. Yeah. Uh, I got Skaggs at 91. You, you don't rank, you don't want to rank him cause he's hurt. And I, that's totally fine. So Julio Tehran, similar to the Chassin, uh, I got him at 100, you got him at 51. I just, I used to love Julio Tehran. He was, he, he, he was my Gossman before Gossman. If anyone remembers my arguments with Chris Liss about him. Although what was funny about that whole debate was that I loved Kevin Gossman too. So I loved both guys in the argument. I just was arguing that Gosman or that Tehran is as good as Gosman, and for those years, he absolutely was. Um, but the walks are 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 maintaining. Last year it was at a twelve percent clip, um, and this year he's still at eleven percent, and he's not allowing hits at a six point three per nine clip the way he did last year, which we all knew wasn't going to hold because I had a two seventeen Babbitt, and so I was just worried about Tehran coming into the season. And uh, now I've got him down here in, in the 100s. What do you think about Tehran? Is he somebody who's going to take a plummet in your next ranking? He's probably going to drop, but maybe not in the same way that Chassin and, and Skaggs are kind of dropping off the list. Okay. Mainly because the majority of that damage was done in Coors. When he should Is that have, a hard place to pin? Yeah, where he shouldn't have been in your lineup anyways. Yeah, and I think that's... Uh, Fair to say, by the way, you know, some people get mad about like, oh, you're cherry picking. I'm like, no, no, I'm talking about what you would realistically mm-hmm. get in fantasy. And if you started Julio Tehran in, in Coors, you're dumb. And so I, like, I can't why, do math at the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure you'd have like a 360, 340. I got you. Yeah, ERA. Uh, 281. Okay. Six of his 11 runs are there, and it was in five innings. Okay. So you take five runs in uh, in 16 innings there. And he's all of a sudden so, at a 281 for Tehran so the with walks, a lot of strikeouts. Yeah, so the walks have been concerning, but he's he's still getting strikeouts. Uh, and 
So, I mean, he's, he's definitely going to drop. He'll drop a little bit. He shouldn't be, what do I have him, 51, something like that? 55? Yeah. Or 51. No, Shazin is 55. So, yeah, he definitely should drop. But if people are freaking out and dropping him right now, you should be picking him up. You know um, what? You've convinced me to move him up a little bit, though, too, because I, wa- I didn't do the um, game log look, which mm-hmm. I should have done on Tehran. I shouldn't have him all the way down at 101 um, because I got him ahead of guys like teammate Max Fried, who I'm like, like I said, I'm not. I'm not really bought in on um, to any real degree. So, yeah, I think I'm going to go ahead and make a move up while while you move him down, and we'll kind of meet closer to the middle. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I dig that. with That's Julio Tehran, and I agree with you. In, in some deeper leagues, like 15-team makes where someone cuts him, even 12-team, you might spot him. You know, mm-hmm. I could see streaming Julio Tehran in the right matchups. Because, like you said, so much of that damage really did come in the Coors start. Now, the walks are still there in the other three, but Coors d- did most of the damage, plain and, and simple. Usually what does damage to him is home starts. and in, He's only in two home starts thus far. Uh, he's got one home run given up. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll definitely and take that. So, a guy, I am cautiously optimistic. Now, obviously, okay. he's not going to be... Uh, I don't think he's gonna be great, but I don't think he is outside of my, you know, top seventy-five right now. Okay, yeah, I, I think I can get behind. I think I can definitely get behind that uh, with Julio Tehran, Julio Tehran, or Michael Pineda. I'm so mad at Pineda right now. <laughs> what a, what a bag, what a bag <laughs> of trash, awesome. dude! What an absolute bag of garbage of, of a pitcher. But I, I don't walk anybody, and I get strikeouts. I'm pretty good, right? No, you give up seven thousand home runs. Pinata, get out of here! Um, all right, that's going to wrap it up. We're not going to talk about Skaggs. I'm actually going to take him off the list because we don't need it to show up in his player profile. And the people are like, oh, let's hear what they say about Skaggs. Nothing. Uh, is there anything, any players that I didn't put on here that you wanted to highlight in any way, shape, or form, mm. whether we have a difference or not? Just hey, what did you think about so and so? I am. I mean, there's some guys that I'm, I'm definitely a little bit worried about. I mean, I had Kyle, I have Kyle Freeland still pretty high. We'll see so, how it okay. goes tonight. That uh, almost made our our list of, of yeah. splits there because um, I moved him down and I came in pretty pretty high. I felt good about 56 though, which is where I've got mm-hmm. him now. You got him at 28 still. You're you're gonna give him some uh, give him a look tonight to see what he can do mm-hmm. if he can handle his own at home for Kyle Freeland against Philly. Philadelphia, yeah. I think that that would be a nice statement. But I've got him around guys like Marco Gonzalez, Kyle Hendricks, Yunjin Ryu, my boy Ross Stripling, who I had to bop down a bit because he's he's going to be in and out of the rotation. You didn't even rank him for obvious reasons because he wasn't starting that week. But um, Zach Eflin or Kyle Hendricks or Kyle Freeland. Oh, for, I mean, oof. See if 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 I'm doing tonight, it's probably Eflin because he gets to go up against Colorado. Oh, they're off. facing each other. Yeah, I, honestly, I swear to God. I, oh yeah, that's not even why I did that. Uh, they, yeah, they're facing I, each I other. Swear in, to God, uh, in Colorado. So like, this is gonna be this. Uh, this could be really ugly. Uh, for both for either. Uh, and it's definitely a game. Thankfully, my Giants is, are losing early today, so I don't have to worry about. Like flipping back and forth, I can just kind of sit in and watch this, not, uh, watch these two guys. Did you not rank Eflin? I did not rank Eflin in my top seventy-five. Were, were you that mad at his Miami start? Yeah. Why? Why wouldn't I be? Granted, I was absolutely angry at it. Uh, I so frustrating. 
But uh, I don't know. I still think he needs to be top 75. Do you? Yeah. I got him. Uh, let's see where I've got him. 14. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I mean, with, with other guys dropping off, he may, you know, because obviously Pavetta is going to drop off. Uh, I just talked about what uh, Chassin and uh, see. I don't have your list in front of me, so it's hard for me to kind of to. But yeah, my bad. Um, All right, you want to know some? You want to know some guys um, that I have around him I for Eflin? Carlos Rodon, Zach Eflin, Domingo Herman, Stephen Matz. Well, I don't Jimmy see. Nelson. Okay, Domingo Herman. Like, why isn't Herman like like much higher? If 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 the only thing stopping Herman from being ranked higher in preseason, then uh... honestly, honestly, I was really trying to temper myself. I love Domingo Herman. I absolutely. Yes, he was love another him. guy when you said you know just random guys to talk about. Herman is a guy that I had 49th at going into this week. Um, I haven't – oh, he hasn't pitched yet today, but he's got Kansas City. Um, I think he's a guy that could easily jump into my top 40 uh, after today's start versus Kansas City if, if he deals, which I assume he will. So uh, I really like Herman. I, uh, I was just trying you... to temper myself, to be honest. I, I thought I thought if I went too aggressive – and I, I don't rank based off of this, but I thought it would be like, oh, you know, 13 innings and you're ranking him this high. Like, what's going on with that? And I was like, okay, you know, I, I was trying to anticipate and then be like, maybe I should check myself. So I was, I was seriously just trying to check myself and not get too wild. But I do love Herman, and I, I think he's an all formats guy right now. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, here's a guy that we're far apart on. Uh, if I'm just, I'm looking at your ranks. Obviously, you've, you've moved stuff uh, around, but, but not so far that 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 wouldn't be useful to at least bring mm-hmm. up the name. So who do you got? Oh, it's two guys: Brad Keller and Aaron Sanchez. Where do I have that? Like two low? Eightieth, yeah, and eighty eighth and Keller. Well, okay. There's like one thing about Brad Keller that I don't like, and it's that he's not good at pitching. <laughs> Other than that, I'm just kidding. I just wanted to say that. No, he's got. Um, I don't even believe that. That I'm full of shit on that. Um, but no, that he's a giant crybaby who hits batters that go yak town on him. See, and that and hadn't happened by the time baby. I ranked him. Uh, yeah. um, <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I debated on him too. So it is funny that you brought up Keller specifically because I really agonized on him. I think I had him in the 70s and then moved him down. What, what did I have him on that list? 88. 88. Yeah, I've got him. He only moved up to 87 here, um, just with some reshuffling. I'd tell <sighs> maybe I'm 48. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong on that. You know, I might be a little bit too strikeout heavy too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he did he did amplify it. He's up to 20. percent Now, do you think he can maintain that? Because his swing strike rate's the 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 dead same. Like it's exactly well 0.2 difference. So it's not an appreciable difference at all for Brad no, Keller. It's it's, it's... Uh, he has, and he has 10 strikeouts in one game, so that's really doing all of the He's one of, of those work. guys that you watch and you think he should get more strikeouts. Because well, he's nasty, yeah. but he usually gets out. Uh, Brad Keller can get out in quicker than, than mm-hmm. enough pitches to get a strikeout. He's you know two and out, and you're grounding the ball to uh, Mondesi for, for a 6-3 put out. What about the walks, though, too? Because those are high as well. Now, you could do the whole, hey, you're not giving up hits, and mm-hmm. he— you know, the whole Shane Bieber thing that we talked about and what Michael Pineda could benefit from. And he doesn't have as good a stuff as them, so maybe it's even more important for Keller. But I wonder, can he live on a 7% strikeout minus walk rate? 
Uh, I think I'll move him up. I think you convinced me to move him up a little bit, but I can't get too crazy. I can go back to yeah, the I think seventy-eight that I had him. I had him at seventy-eight. I'll I'll, I'll go back to that. But for Brad Keller, I don't know. I, I agree with you that eye test definitely makes you feel better about him. Where you're like, this guy's nasty. He's got that nasty stuff. That's how he gets the giant ground ball rate. But no real strikeouts, high walks. I'm going to temper it a little bit. So I'm going to keep him here. I'm going to go up to 70, 78, and that's up from 91 where I had him. So he gets a 13-point boost, but I'm not going to go any higher right now until I see more okay. from Brad Kelly. Um, Aaron Sanchez, what do you got there? Because it's the same deal. It's the yeah. dead same deal. It is I, the same like, deal. He, he, uh, I hadn't seen that Minnesota start uh, where he walked five – or sorry, walked four uh, and gave up the four earned runs. So it had been three straight starts of you know two or less earned runs – uh, getting you know a few strikeouts, but really just looked like the guy that I think, I, at least I had kind of hoped he would be. You yeah. know, uh, I'm a Sanchez backer, mm-hmm. and I I want again. You do the eye test, and you think this guy should be absolutely nasty. He should get a billion strikeouts and put up another three ERA, which he did in 192 innings back in 2016. But then he starts nibbling, and by the fourth, fifth inning, you're like, damn, okay, this is why he struggles. Because he just works himself to death every inning, and he can never really get going. So, and I was uh, higher on Sanchez to start the season too. I was, I was in on. I, well, I'm always higher on Sanchez than everybody else. So, uh, so I, what do I have on that list? Eighty. Okay, he actually did move up a few spots, but I kept him the same as my preseason, which was seventy-seven. So he's gonna be right ahead of Keller. So I'm keeping those two okay. right by each other. And I'm gonna stick You're with wrong, that. But that's okay. I, I listen. As far as Sanchez goes, I would love to be wrong because I really do like him. That is one of those where I'm rooting for the guy, and I want to have a situation where it's like, oh yeah, I should have should have had him higher because I like this guy. But until I see enough to really make the change, I'm uh, I'm sitting tight on it. And I cannot believe you ranked Kyle Gibson 93rd. That's he was lucky to be that high. That's that's mean. Okay, obviously there are memes and jokes aside on <laughs> on him. He, he like, I mean, are you not concerned with how brutal he's been? He was better in his last start. It could, uh, he couldn't be worse. Yeah, I know. That's the problem. Is he couldn't have been worse? Uh, Our lawn looks fantastic. So at least one of his jobs, he's going. He's did, doing. Did you well. see where I ranked him? Did, did you see? No, sixty nine. Yeah, baby. Yeah. So, which was a huge drop for me. So, uh, people can, uh, but that that one that there it was def- it definitely was a little bit purposeful. Uh, I love I love that. I, I'm purposeful with my 69 too. I, I want it to be somebody that you know I like. And, and, uh, and um, I'd like to I'd like to pump my my Frankie Montas love. Yeah, I br- I bumped him up into my top 70 before that start against Houston and used him in DFS. At a boy, love it. Uh, save, saved my day. Uh, uh, Montas did yesterday. This so, splitty, man. and I'm a sucker for splitters, and I am just, I am loving what we're seeing out of him, uh, out of Montas so far. Now, it, it's one of those again. Uh, these guys down here, some of them are these these eye test types because you look, and it hasn't been amazing statistically from a strikeout standpoint because it's only 22%, but that's actually a boost from last year. So if you remember what he did last year in 65 innings, he seemed to trade walks 
uh, or trade strikeouts for walks. He was going to be more in the zone and not give up so many walks, but he became a bit more hittable and he couldn't really get the, the strikeouts. Well, this series amplified the strikeout rate back up. I can live with a 15 strikeout minus walk rate at 22% Ks and 7% walks. That works for, for me with, uh, with Frankie Montas. And so, because he's, he's tough to hit too. Homers need to come down a bit, but that's at 1.5 in f- four starts. That's, you know, a two homer game really sets it off, which he does have one at Baltimore. So I'm not that worried about that. He went toe to toe with Houston and they didn't do anything against him, man. That was that was a great outing. And he's he's faced Houston twice and he has um, 11 and a third innings with just three runs for Montas. So I dig him. Where, where do you have him right now? Top four. 68. Top 75. OK, so you got him at 68. You should put him at 69. That'd be nice. Oh, well, he's going to move up. So. Oh yeah, because you start you put him there before that, that the, was before yeah. before the outing. So he's probably he's not going to jump up. He's right. I had him right behind calling McHugh. He's not going to jump up as far as McHugh does. But um, he's headed upward. But yeah, he's he's got to. He's I think he's top sixty at this point. So I agree. He's nasty, and as he kind of figures things out, I think there's a chance to amplify the. So coming, you know, his first two. Stints. I, I don't want to call them seasons because it was 15 and 32 innings back in 2015 and then 2017. He didn't even pitch in the majors in, in 16. He had a high swing strike rate, but it was just like one of those clear, you know, I'm a flamethrower. I don't really know what's going on here. I'm going to get some whiffs. I think he can still build on his whiff rate for Frankie Montas. It, I like focusing on not walking the yard, though, first. I think that this, this can work. Stay out of that trouble from free passes and the splitter. I mean, it's a true third pitch right now, and that's what's really and that, and that is the, it's the big difference was we thought he'd end up in the bullpen because he didn't have that third pitch. Bingo. And not only does he pick up a third pitch, it's a nasty pitch. It really is. And so you've got a 96-mile-an-hour uh, fastball with a true third pitch uh, that, I mean, really should be a second pitch. Uh I think I think and now you also have him with a really nice defense behind him because of Matt Chapman mm-hmm. uh, and and in, Semyon. Semyon made real Sem- improvements last year and pitching in Oakland, which is going to help quite Without a bit. A doubt. So and against some pretty crap, you know, well, a couple really crappy offenses in uh, in the West. So uh, yeah, I I really like him uh, and I think he is one of those guys that. You can that maybe people will think they're selling high on, uh, and you can go and get right now. Yeah, you don't have to pay a premium for Montas. No. Like the, there's, I don't think anyone's out here thinking that they can charge um, a, a major price and get away with it. So buy him at, at a reasonable market value, and I don't think that's going to be a problem at all. One last guy I want to ask you about is um, Jay Hap, because mm-hmm. he was someone I did like coming into the season. And I am nervous because <laughs> he has been so brutal. And one of the reasons I, I was pretty aggressive on my downgrade um, is because when you when you get older, you don't always get uh, you know a stair step decline that that says it's coming. Like if he just kind of lost it a bit, he's only lost a tick off of his fastball from ninety two to ninety point nine. So we'll call it ninety one. Um, but the strikeouts are down. Swing strike rate's still there though, so I don't even know that that's gone. But he's been so hittable, so many hits, so many homers. 
is it just a blip or is there anything to be concerned about? I feel like I probably overreacted, but I'm curious to hear somebody else's thoughts on J-Hab because I did like him and I'm, I'm wondering if maybe I was just overzealous, and, but now I'm, I'm going to correct the, you know, be overzealous in a correction and wind up looking stupid twice. I think there's lots of reasons to, uh, to to react harshly right now, and I will be reacting harshly in my next ranking update because while he didn't give up very many, what he, I think it was still a quality start in his last start. Yeah, three three runs and six and a third. Look, he gave up two home runs. Like that mm, should two have been, more homers. That should have been probably worse than it was. The velocity is down. Uh, yeah, the 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 fastball looks bad. Well, and that's his money pitch. While everyone else is going away mm-hmm. from fastballs, that's what um, J-Hap relies on. And by the way, you mentioned the velocity being down. It was at 90 this game. So he was sitting 91 his first three, and it was down yeah. to 90 this game. And, you know, is that is that a harbinger? Um, I, I don't know. So I, I reacted pretty sternly. I think he's in the 70 range for me, and I ranked him 34 coming I, into I the didn't year. Have, I didn't have this outing uh, to kind of base off of uh, when I when I did these ranks, uh, because what it, the outing happened yesterday, that's right. Um, and I watched because I wanted to see how Evaldi looked. Yes. And I was really concerned with the way Hap looked watching that game, yeah. uh, especially against. Uh, I mean, I, I'm surprised Boston didn't beat him up more. Me, me too. I watched that game this morning because I wanted to see Evaldi as well. And uh, yeah, I. That's how bad Boston is struggling right now because they should have. They should have tried. But when like, Christian yeah, Vasquez hits a home run off of you, there's problems. <laughs> That's ten points in the mm-hmm. rankings alone. Um, yeah, just uh, I, I, I had to move him down. I, I'm concerned on J-Hab. I'm I may be wrong. This may be one of my overreactionary ones. Uh, I'll take that. I don't really want in on this right now. I feel like the thunderstorm clouds are moving in, and. Um, yeah, maybe I was just too overzealous to to start the season because he's been he's been a solid pitcher for the last like four years now. Um, but the thing of it is, when you are living on that three and a half, because I don't think he's a seven twenty three or whatever, of course. But even if you start to smooth things out, is he like a four thirty? You know, like what is that? Is that that good? And what if the strikeouts are more in the twenty to twenty two percent range where they were for three of the last four years. Last year they spiked to twenty six. If we don't get those strikeouts back from Hap and he is a four thirty one one twenty five guy, that's bland as hell. Mm-hmm. And there was just some more as difficult as it is to find excitement in the pitching ranks right now, around him there's a lot of excitement for the guys I rank. Soroka, Richards, Lopez, uh, Turnbull, Strom, Woodruff, Montas, Nelson coming back. Even Matt's I still prefer more right now. Um, Eflin, who I, I am positive on. So, you know, all those things. By the way, Chris Davis signed an extension with the uh, with the A's for two years. So that's oh, cool. I was like like he already had on Thanks, million. Chris Davis after he hit that homer. Let's go. Baltimore locked him in for eight more years. Yeah, good job. I will say with half people are gonna say, well, velocities are always down early on. Last year at this time he was at ninety one five, ninety one eight, and then ninety two uh when he came back from his DL stint that happened uh in mid May. Or sorry, in mid April. Uh exactly. so and- like this these velocities uh, are concerning. You almost wonder if he's hurt. Exactly, exactly, because he's lost some velo within mm-hmm. the 
you know, and it's just one of the, it's only one of the starts, the most recent start where he lost it. But I do have some concern there. So well, the same I, thing happened last year where he, he struggled with that, a little bit with the velocity early on, and then he hit a DL stint and missed a month between, uh, or a month, six weeks between uh, uh, April and May. Boy, how much could they ill afford that right now? And he's not even pitching well, but just another body that they have to worry about replacing. What's what's Geo doing in the minors, by the way? Is he doing anything of note? Last I saw, he got shellacked, I thought. And I know he got shellacked in his first uh, minor league start. Uh, Let's see. He has 15 innings with a 6 ERA. Is that good? Oh, God. Is that good? Um, oh, but it's all from his first start. Like okay, I'm, only, I'm going only to, he only has yeah, well he got he got hit for two earned uh in triple A in his last start, but before that Oh, uh, it was eight earned in that first Yeah, start. it was yeah. really, really bad in the first start. Uh so uh and only three walks in his uh in, in eleven innings in the last two starts. So that's I do I do like that. So Gio Gonzalez mm-hmm. could be up sooner than later just because the way things are going for them. I want to see if that Lehigh Valley team had anybody of note. Yeah, Dylan Cousins has some punch, but he isn't doing anything. That was a pretty brutal roster that he decimated for the big outing. The sixth shutout with 10 strikeouts. And then, the well, I do like this, though. I know, I'm sorry, we're parsing the three starts of Gio Gonzalez in the mind. That's where pitching is right now. Mm-hmm. But the Buffalo Bisons busted him up in that first outing, and that was who he rebounded against last time out. Five innings, two runs, eight strikeouts. So I do... Like that, and that's, really, that's and I, it, it, yeah, exactly. It's Vlad and Bichette. It's 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 a pretty decent uh, minor league team, but we're still talking about a minor league. No, I know, team. I know, I know. But but if he comes up, he could be someone of note. Uh, Joe Gonzalez could. So I, I do think it is actually worth talking about him a bit. So okay, well let's go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, you need to get some sleep, and then we'll get this posted and eager for everyone's thoughts on the pitching ranks because that always drums up some interest. So uh, you and I'll talk. Oh, quickly, quickly, quickly. Congrats to Jay Stelmach. Oh, yeah, that's right. You des- again, the winner in a route, 21 points over AK Dog 47. I feel like we talked about AK Dog before. And, and Jen finished in the money. Jen in the money. She finished 10th. She was very happy. Um, I was at first at one point. I you took were. a screenshot and, and posted it on Twitter. I was you like, triggered the, the hell D, out of her the DF, Yeah, the DFS version of uh, taking an April victory lap. It was, was very uh, funny. was like, uh, you know, 20 minutes in, I was in first place. Yes, it was very funny, and they were both super triggered. Yancey was in the stream hanging out with us. Uh, I finished 60th. I, I didn't do very well. Um, but, yeah, can, and let's see where Yancey finished. Congrats to Jay Stelmach. Mm-hmm. Yancey finished 45th, and you ended up finishing 30th, right? Something like that. Uh, 36th. So you yeah. beat you beat all of us, so except yeah. for Jen. Because Jen's better than you. Well, I, and I my, my better lineup was in tout. Uh, daily, uh, which uh, I think I finished fourth, uh, which leaves me in striking distance for that first golden ticket. That's good. That's good. Well done. Uh, but yeah, Tuesday, Monday nights is when we post it. We've been doing well filling this 100. We're going to keep doing that. If you missed out, let us know, because if we see that there's enough interest to bump it to 150, we will. But the last thing we want to do is bump it, and then we get like 134 or 140, because then no one can play. So it's an all or nothing, and 100's filling up easily with a few people saying that they missed out. But if we start to see several people saying, dang it, would have played, would have played, and those start to fill our timeline, then we'll bump it to 150. Join the Facebook group if you're not already in it. Because I posted Twitter. That's the first place I posted is Facebook and Twitter. Monday night. And then the Roto Write-Up, yep. 
and it's always in my uh, my my Twitch that night. When I'm, I stream almost every Monday night. As soon as I post it, I put a link in there. A handful of people join. So, uh, but it's been fun. We'll definitely keep doing it, and uh, we'll talk about it. We'll post one next Monday. But Justin, I hope you have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you later. <laughs>